You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in to Bears Over Beers. I'm Jeff Burkett. Over there is DJ Snyder. Stands for Ezekiel Jebediah Snyder, right? Nailed it. Got it. Straight Nailed Amish. It. Okay. All the I way. I couldn't remember. It's it's kind of tough. But um, EJ, the, the Chicago Bears are um, focusing this week. They, they have decided they are going to focus because they apparently haven't been doing that. Um, that's what Coach Eberflew said. So we're going to focus on some fun stuff tonight we got a couple fun questions from bill zimmerman i don't know if i can get all these questions in. we may have to save some for next week but bill's always got some fun questions for us to try to dive into we've got some other questions from people um we've got a good show lined up i'm excited about the content thanks you guys for sending in questions if you're joining us live on youtube which i would encourage everybody to do if that's your thing we're going to try to do this every Wednesday at eight o'clock central. So hop in the comments and, and type in there and we'll work those into the show as we go along. And of course you can send them to us on Twitter as well. Uh, but in this show, we bring a drink because this team drives us a drink. So what did you bring this week? I went for the good stuff. Uh, and that oh. seems very counter uh, to what the team is doing on the field which is true. It is absolutely counter to what the team's doing on the field. But one of the questions this week was what is an alcohol you would buy with other people's money? If price was no object. Um, so I brought one of the bottles I have that I probably should have bought with other people's money if I could have, but I bought it with my own and I'm not sad about that. Um, this is Kyle. It's Japanese whiskey. This happens to be the Ruby finish. I also have the Sherry finish. Um, I have to say, you know how much I like the sherry. I chased after that bottle for about nine months. The ruby I just kind of walked into. Um, and I thought, hey, I had such good luck with the sherry. I should try the ruby. I I got to say, low key, I think the ruby might be even better. Um, it's really, really good. It is not, in my opinion, something to just pour and drink. It is something to be savored or shared with friends or um celebratory and i haven't had any in a bit and i thought you know <laughs> i've got to sit there and talk about the bears for an hour uh kyo it is so um highly recommended if you can find it it's excellent excellent stuff it is complex it'll keep you going um and yeah it's it's wonderful so i'm i'm happy about that at least what did you bring well so the ruby finish means that it's a port finish uh ruby is uh they finish it in oak and it is oh it's both um so i want to say it's i'm not sure if it's just port or if it's mixed with something else but okay yeah. okay great 
Uh, that I have not had that one. That sounds good. But like you say, that's a little bit more of an expensive bottle. And if you can get somebody else to pay for it, more is the better. Uh, so, so that question was brought to us by Steve Jinx. Uh, he is at Steve Jinx one. Uh, I guess just that Steve Jinx was taken uh, for, for Steve, but at Steve Jinx one. And the, the question reads, what is the best libation you can buy with somebody else's money must be readily available. So things mm-hmm. like Pappy don't count, but expenses be darned. So great question because i think that a lot of people are going to go like to the highly allocated stuff even the stuff that may not have ever had meaning that it's very difficult to find and that right now the bourbon market's crazy everything's chased out and so you know what is it that is readily available on the shelf that you know you don't really i I took this as like i don't want to pay for it myself but man it'd be really nice if i could get a bottle if somebody would pay this for me um and so so I i thought about that a lot because the readily available thing was important to me because I, that yep. bottle is going to be tough to find for you too. Right. So, uh, for me, the way that I would answer this question is McCollin 18, because that is readily available. You can find that, um, pretty easy. Uh, McCollin is a, is a, is a scotch. Uh, there, I think all of their lineup is really good. I have been fortunate enough to taste everything, uh, up to the 18. I haven't tasted anything above that. I don't think, and and everything is good. I really like the line. It's a it's a it's a nice line, and eighteen is just really spendy. And I've never actually bought a bottle, but I've had it in different situations. When I finished my MBA, um, I went into a bar where they had Macallan eighteen, and it was just a little little bit left. And I and I convinced the bartender that she should just finish that bottle off by pouring it into a glass and just giving it to me, and then she can open up the next bottle. And it was very nice of her that she did that. Um, and uh, it turned out to be way more liquid than it looked like. Uh, it was definitely like a double pour. Uh, and so that was uh, a bonus win there. So it offset maybe some of the tuition money. But uh, that was a great, great moment for me. And I, so I've always associated McCollin 18 with like a kind of a big deal. And uh, if someone else is paying for it, I would be great because I think it's like 250 bucks around here. Um, but Ooh. so that's my answer to that question. Yeah. In so my alternate answer that is a little bit easier to find than the cow, because as you know, that's specialized and, and fairly limited. Something that is on most shelves, in fact, you can find it at Total Wine, um, is also an 18. And I recently had it and it's um, it's my favorite right now. Jameson 18. And again, like you, I'd had just about everything in the Jameson line, but I had never had 18. And I was actually at a bar. And I was looking through and they actually had all the Jamesons. And I was like, yep, 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 yep. What the hell is that? And bartender says, ah, it's 18. And I said, oh, I've never had that. And I said, can I afford that? <laughs> and he said, I don't know. I'll look it up. And he told me how much it was. And I said, I can afford that. I, I can afford one shot of that. Um, he gave me a very nice pour of it. And he actually told me that's what he gives people who say they don't like Irish. Well, because, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it ruins them. A hundred percent, but it is lovely. It is better than any other Jameson and I love many of them, but, um, it's about, uh, it's definitely cheaper than McCollin 18. It's like one sixty around me and that's with a lot of tax. So you're still, part of the country. Still something that you want to let somebody else pay for. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. Like somebody wants to get me a very nice gift. I'm like, that's the one. Um, yeah, it's, it's worth having. Um, like you said, if you, if you happen into a situation where somebody's like, Hey, I'll get you what you want. Even if it's just a shot, I would highly recommend Jameson 18. It is delicious. 
All right. So for my pour for the night, we'll make it quick. Um, I'm drinking uh, Blue Run uh, rye whiskey. This is actually a cask strength. So it's 116 proof. Blue Run, um, kind of an interesting company. They are not cheap, um, but I bought this one because the proof was high enough for me to feel like I was getting my money's worth. It is very good. I'm almost at the end of the bottle, so I figured I'd better bring it on before I finish it. Um, thing about Blue Run is they do amazing marketing. Um, this is a very attractive bottle. Um, it mm -hmm. looks great on the shelf, and they've got this little butterfly that's a different color based on what you're buying. I mean, I'm not like a butterfly guy, but it's still a very attractive, <laughs> you know, marketing piece. Um, and uh, everything I've had from them is really good, but it's spendy. So uh, I guess I went spendy as well. Cheers. Let's get into yeah. this thing. Cheers. Let's do it. All right. So uh, I forgot start... to give you proof. It's uh, 46% alcohol by volume. So whatever that is, 90. That's low. Four. Yeah. It's not, yeah. not super hot. Right. Delicious, right. but not super hot. All right. So let's get into this. Let, let's start with the Bears question. And I, I think that this is probably about as positive as we can get with this football team right now. So I figured <laughs> this would be the, the place to start. And this is from our friend Fitzy. And he says, have you seen any positives, remote bright spots from this team this year? Uh, perhaps a rookie or a second-year player that looks to be a foundational piece, crossing his fingers that there's something in there to work with. Yeah, it's difficult. I We recorded our Friday preview pod this morning, and um, Brett was unkind in choosing the Broncos Bears as one of the games that we needed to talk about. I said that we didn't need to talk about it. He said we did. We we talked at length about the Bears situation because the game itself is not much of a strategic matchup. And it is difficult to find bright spots for the Bears. The running backs have been decent in terms of their efficiency. They've been pretty good. They've had a few explosive plays even behind uh, an offensive line that has been in shambles. There's not another way to put that. Um, both of the you know, starting two running backs between Khalil Herbert and Roshan have looked decent. I would say those are both players I'm I'm keeping on my roster, even if I'm cleaning house. Other than that, it is really difficult to assess anything on this team because, again, the offense, well, the line play in general, offense and defense, which are the foundations of the team, have been um, shoddy and inconsistent, and that makes it very difficult to say, like, oh, were they executing their assignment or were they just trying to clean up what blew up in front of them um, on either side of the ball? So a, a few good things from Javon Dexter. Um, you know, he's had some flashes, um, you know, better than Pickens, I would say in terms of like, yeah, that, that might be something in terms of, I mean, Sanborn still looks really good when he gets on the field. Like that's a guy that plays with the kind of energy and and skill that I like to keep on my football team. The secondary has been absolutely just, it's just been blown up. We expected the secondary to be a strength of this team. Tons of injuries that leads to a lot of inconsistency and in playing in different combinations, just like the offensive line, not having that trust and understanding, Oh, you got this, or this is how you play that. Um, so you know, you talk about routes and receivers, that's all just a mess. So it's very hard to assess anything on this team that looks like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely keeping that no matter what, no matter who the new head coach is, if presumably Eberflus is fired. Well, that was sunny. Um, you know, to me, I, I think DJ Moore is a player. I mean, he, I think he's, oh, yeah. he's really good. I mean, this is I was trying to tell everybody. I mean, people caught up, but like, you know, right away, I think people maybe didn't watch enough 
DJ Moore tape uh, at the beginning. I was like, no, 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 this guy's really good. And yeah, I know he had the drop, but whatever. Like he's he's awesome. Uh, all receivers think, have drops, just like all corners get burned. Absolutely. I think Darnell Wright is you know I I, I mean he's a rookie right tackle. He's he's taking a, a few lumps, but I I see enough there that I'm pretty excited about him. So it's early, but I'm pretty excited about him. I think he can settle in. Um, yeah, the I mean I like Kolo Herbert and Roshan Johnson. That's that's a good combination, right? I mean that's those two will be back next year, so I think you feel good about that. So I, I'm agree I agree with that. And the defense is tough, man, and I think a lot of it's scheme. Um, so a lot of it's going to be who's going to come in. I mean, if, if we're assuming that the bear's going to move on, which is not a foregone conclusion, uh, honestly, like that there's two years, two or three years left on that deal. Like, you know, that, that is not something the McCaskies like to do very often. So it's, I know, I know, but like, you know, there's, there's well, here's my, to... here's my counterpoint to that. Cause I've heard that a couple of times from, from different sources, not many, uh, over the past, you know, three, four days for sure. Uh, oh, it's not. Like, how do you sell that? Because you still have to sell tickets, right? How do you sell that? We're going to run this back in any flavor. Like, how does that play regardless of draft picks, building for the future, whatever, whatever. Like, this staff that allowed this travesty to happen on both sides of the balls, we think that's good. Like, I, I don't think that there's any. I don't, I don't think there's any way that they should do that. I, but I, I couldn't believe that they brought back Pace and Nagy for the, the year that was very obvious, right? True. So True. It, anything short of like a locker room meltdown, like it was under the Trustman year two, like it's hard. It's hard, you know. Like well, it, it, it's I, hard for them with to, with their pocketbook for them yeah. to just say, okay, yeah, sure. We're. We'll I want to go in on that too, though, because I see I've even seen it in the comments tonight already. Oh, we haven't given up a fifty burger. The, the back-to-back 50 burgers were a, a seminal moment in recent Bears fandom, right? That was a, an extremely low point where everybody said, that's it, burn it all. Like, this is this is completely unacceptable. The last, what is it, 10 Eberflus losses have been by an average of 21.5 points a game. Three scores. Like, hmm. we say all the time in this league – Oh, it's really hard to be good. It's really hard to win. It's really hard to stay ahead of the curve. And it is. It is the most competitive, dynamic league I think there is in terms of everybody just wanting to cut everybody else down, everybody figuring everything else out. Like it is a cutthroat league and it is really, really hard to win. It is also hard to lose by three scores consistently for 10 or 13 games three scores is a lot there are a lot of games in this league in fact the majority of games in this league are one score games if you are losing by if you're losing by three like all the freaking time to me that's actually worse than peaking at 50 twice but having you know some more success in other places if you are just consistently getting your barn doors blown off there is no way to run that back and say, oh, we, we think it'll get better. Like better is not good enough. That's just completely underperforming for the standard. Talk about a lot uh, with Lester on Bear and Balanced and just the, you know, the, the idea of uh, teams are in this league are pushed towards the middle. So yes. the, the idea of seven and 10 to 10 and seven 
that's going to be the majority of the league is going to fall in between those records because the league is pushing you to be average. It's hard for you to like attain and maintain dominance. And it's hard for you to hang around in the gutter for too long. Like <laughs> There are franchises that try to be bad like the bears did last year so that they can, you know, take a reset year and maybe they get a good draft pick and, you know, then they kind of move on and it worked for the bears. Like, right. But the danger is you got to get yourself out of it. And then if you hired a coach and you were kind of cool with him only winning three games and then he comes into the next year and then he shows you that actually he might be just the three win coach. Like that just maybe what <laughs> he does, you know, then you're like, Oh wait, like this, this, this needs to change. This needs to happen. So it is a very different feeling from last year where, uh, at some point it was like, Hey guys, we, we talked about this. This was going to be a right. bad football team. Yeah. That was what we're purposeful. <laughs> talent, talent deficient. Right. But now yeah. there's talent on the field and it doesn't look any better. And in some ways it looks worse. And so now it's like, well, to me, that means there's bad coaching. And so I understand that some of the players on the field have to take uh, some responsibility. And some of these guys are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, we could talk about Chase Claypool and, and what he's doing on the field and off the field, whatever. Right. But I think a lot of this comes down to to coaching staff and their philosophy and being seemingly outdated and or not understanding their personnel. So, um, you know, trying to isolate individuals in outdated schemes, like you talk about oh, secondary is a mess. I don't know, man. Like they're just playing like soft zone on third down. Like they're probably doing what they're supposed to do uh, based on the call, but that's not a good call. Right. So what's, yeah. so what's the like, how do you how do you evaluate a guy like Jalen Johnson uh, to say, yeah, I want to extend him and I want to make sure that he's a part of this if you're putting him in a position to look bad? Like his numbers aren't going to be very good because you're not putting him in a position to succeed. No, I, I fully agree that. Um, and I boy, there's a lot to go over. We're not short of content, which is sad because it's a lot of it's negative content. And you and I tend to skew more positive um, but there's a lot to talk about in terms of, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm fielding a lot of questions over the last week from sort of all corners about, uh, you know, like Fitzy's question, is there anything worth saving who stays and who goes, if you were in charge, what would you do to fix the bears? Um, those questions are just pouring in from all angles. In fact, I was sitting at the Seahawks game on Sunday and my phone was just melting from people like blink twice if you're okay we don't want you to die like is there anything we can do you know because the bears were getting blown out by the chiefs which we all expected but i think it was maybe a lot of time uh for a lot of people the first time they'd really gazed upon this spectacle that is the bears and were like their eyes started to bleed and they were like oh my god i gotta check on ej um it's just a lot like there nobody's blameless here nobody's played great as far as I'm concerned, nobody's coached great. Um, there isn't, you know, typically it's like one side of the ball is good right. and the other side is struggling. And so you're saying, oh, man, the defense has got to be tired of holding the offense up. That's typically the Bears line. Sometimes on other teams, it's the other way around. There is no holding up like everybody's dropping the ball sort of equally. And it makes it you're right. It makes it very difficult, especially a lot of these players in the secondary that are having to play due to injury. Some of them have exciting traits and pedigree but like how do you access a guy like terrell smith like right. i i don't know like the scheme's bad he's playing with a rotating cast of characters he's a rookie 
on top of that, like what's what, what's, what's the reason for that breakdown? Is it because the guy next to him should have had it? Is it because he's just a rookie and he made a rookie mistake or were they in a crap call for third down? Like maybe all three. So it's very difficult to sort of slice the onion here and say, Oh, well, I can point to this and with a little bit of this, it'll get fixed. It's a lot of everything all over the place. Uh, Bill Zimmerman, one of his questions was, would you rather have a Rook canal or watch a loop of the Bears defense on third downs? And I'm going to, I don't want to have another Rook canal. I'm going to put that out there in the universe. Yeah. I don't need to like have another one, but I have had one. Me too. And, and what actually I've had, I've had one twice like the, the same tooth yep. when I was like 18 years old or 20 years old. So it was in college, um, some, you know, whatever. And then just recently I had to go back and like, get it redone because they didn't do it right. They didn't get the whole yeah. thing. They didn't figure it out, yeah. it, which is amazing. Right. Like I, I didn't even know that was possible. Oh yeah. It uh, happens. But Dennis discovered, you know, whatever. So I had to go back and get a rook in it. And I'm like very nervous because I remember this being a real yeah. thing. Like, you know, it was the most painless. It was not, there was it was fine. Like I had no issues with it. It was it, I was amazed by these professionals that just knocked this thing out. And I, I they were like, "All right, we're all done." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like it was yeah, super I, easy. I, I, I would rather have Rook Canal than watch <laughs> this Bears defense on third down. Well, you'd rather have Rook Canal number two. Right. But would you rather have Rook Canal number one? That's the I don't remember how. I mean, like, I'm wondering yeah, if I, I built it up over the last 20 years. That's my point. I, it's it's possible. One thing I learned in my mid mid to late 20s, there are certain things that you want to pay for in this life. Hmm. And very competent dental care is one of those things. You, you want to find somebody like dentist number two and yeah. just ride that train be like hey right. when i need things fixed you're gonna fix them you're gonna do it right it's not gonna be a horrific deal because i had spotty dental care growing up and then i finally like when i was about 26 like asked around and i was like hey who's a good <laughs> dentist your smile looks expensive who do you go to right and like four or five people said the same person and i was like all right i'm showing up there and they're gonna they're gonna take care of my teeth and good decision so Smart. um I, you know, if I had to watch a loop of the bears on third down, it might be during a rook canal because they usually loop you up pretty good and you, you wouldn't really remember watching the film. So maybe both at the same time, get it out of the way. Oh, I, I mean, if I'm, but again, if I'm choosing, I'm just going to take the rook canal, but okay. Uh, All right. I, That's bad. Have... That's a hell of a statement about your team that I would rather have a rook canal than just watch them play. Oh. The third down defense, it's bad. I mean, it's very I, painful. Everything is bad. Everything's like, painful. There, is, there's, it's, it's all painful. bad. Yeah. It's all bad. All right, we'll move on. Uh, Omega Jolteon, uh, I mean, had a bunch. Uh, so this is actually, that it's not Omega Jolteon 3, for those of you looking on, on YouTube. It's Omega Jolteon's third question. So he had a bunch, but I picked a couple. Um. He he wants us to divide up the pie of blame. So the blame pie for this season between Justin Fields, Ryan Poles, Maddie Reflues, and Luke Getzey. Okay, you this, question, this, one, sir? Uh, this question made me want pie because I don't know about you, and it's fall and like apple pie. Like it's 
you know, we're getting into why, like why isn't there a pie and... ranking question? That's what yeah, we, exactly. Pie like, draft next. The time. first thing I saw this, I made it to blame pie, and I was like, I'm not blaming pie. I want pie now. Um, it's if we're doing the the pie chart to determine blame, um, it's difficult because it depends on your theory of what the head coach is responsible for, and in in my mind in my experience, the head coach is responsible for the football product. And that means his coaching staff, the effect that they have on the players, the over, like the buck stops here. That's the gig is if we're not playing well, it's my fault as the head coach. So it's very difficult for me not to assign Ibraflus a, a decent sized slice of this thing in terms of offensive coordinator and quarterback. Again, there's multiple issues on both sides. There's blame to go around. I would lay a little bit more on Getsy, but not much because Justin has blown opportunities. He's had like, he has had open shots that he's not hit multiple, which means, Hey, the OC schemed him open and you didn't hit it. Now there, we could talk about the reasons for that all day. Some of it is processing. Some of it is he's so used to getting hit in a second and a half that he just ducks out of clean pockets because he's skittish at this point. He's been, shell-shocked for lack of a better term so a little bit like what happened to david carr which is rough he took so many sacks in his first couple of years he was just never right he couldn't he couldn't hang in a good pocket he didn't expect it to be there so he never turned to that level so i would give it a little bit more because gets had it figured out like i understand the balance is we want justin fields to progress as a pocket passer and he needs to do that but that does not mean eliminate the most dynamic quarterback runner in the league. It means moderate that. And yes, you have to roll the dice with some hits. He's going to take that's part of the gig, but you don't just like throw the baby out with the bathwater and go, you must stay in the pocket, pass the ball. And it seems pretty clear basically through the game planning. I'm not talking about Justin's comments because that's, he said, he said, but from what you see on the field, like it's pretty clear. They're not calling quarterback runs. They're just not. And that's dumb. Like if you're a coach, you need to leverage your player's strengths and you have one of the strongest strengths in the entire NFL. And you're saying, nah, so gets, he gets a little bit more than Justin. Iberflus gets a bunch. Poles is not non-culpable here. He's still getting 25, 30% of the blame because he believed that the offensive line was good enough. After last year, when he saw what, not having enough guys would do to your team. He decided that his moves in the offseason were enough to keep that from happening. And we're right back in that. And it's week three. Like you're going to have your fifth different line combination in week five if Tevin comes back. Like it's not good enough. And then somebody put out a list, and I thought this was really interesting of his free agency editions and his free agency editions from last year. We talked about it. It was understood what the bears were doing. He had to fill a team. There were a lot of one-year contracts. They weren't supposed to win. You're not going to get cream of the crop. In fact, you're lucky to get anybody because they usually know what your outlook is, which is, Hey, you're cutting salary. You're not trying to win. This is a development year. I just want a job. Like, so I don't hold last year's free agents. Like, wholly against him if they were just still bad yeah okay but they're probably mitigating circumstances as to why he had to get those guys this year completely different story clean slate most free agency money in the entire nfl and the number of guys on that list 
that are not still with the team and you're in your second year of being GM was staggering. And I realized that a lot of Ryan Pohl's decisions, free agency and the draft, I've been like when they come down, I've just been kind of meh about. Like if we go through the draft, like Darnell Wright, I was like, yeah, that's a good pick. I like him. He's a need. I think he fits really well. Javon Dexter, I was like, hey, I can see the potential. I like him. Zach Pickens. I was like, I don't know. Okay, maybe. Like, we'll see. Um, Tyler Scott, I was like, oh, okay, but is that your biggest need? Like, you know, it, it was just sort of like, uh, we came out of the draft. I was like, we had all this capital. This is what we got. And it was similar for free agency. Jermaine Edmonds, I was like, I think that's a good swap for Roquan. TJ Edwards as your second choice. I was like, okay, TJ Edwards is a good player and you need linebacker help, but is that really the second guy you're going to sign? And on down the line, uh, you know, even in last year, Al-Kadim Muhammad, like I understand that he was familiar with the scheme, but the opportunity cost of having a very mid player sort of taking up oxygen on your defense is those are reps that you could have been giving to a young player to presumably develop last year. And instead you didn't, he was really mid. He's not with the team anymore. At that point, you're like, was that and a good decision? Such a, such a compliment to, Alfie I fully Miller. agree. That is, Ooh. as that is as much shine as we can put on that particular sign. But when you look at the sum total only two years in of both draft and free agency, there's a lot of meh on there and draft pick looks the book is still out free agents they were who they were before you got them and a lot of times it was the second or third best guy and then you know if like nate davis is one of your like big rock acquisitions to stabilize the offensive line guy doesn't play all of training camp i understand he's got a personal situation we don't know what that is not going to pass judgment because might feel like a real jerk um when well, i, I think find we know out what it is, right he lost a family member so yeah I mean, and deal with that so it and it's like okay like yeah. some things it feels like aren't his fault like the larry Ogunjobi thing i think feel like larry Ogunjobi would have been a good player but it sounded very much like the medical staff said no you can't do this mm-hmm. so he was disappointed larry Ogunjobi goes on plays for pittsburgh and is doing really well and you're like ah oh, would it have been different if you got Ogunjobi? but when you look at the whole what we have in the gate within two years i it's not it doesn't blow me away let's put it that way so he still gets some of the blame Okay. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I know you're not a math guy, so I don't necessarily want to press you to like say percentages and then. Okay. So I'm going to go add up to like 50, 50. now 50 on Eberflus because you're the head coach. You, if your coordinators aren't getting it done, it's on you. Um, I'll give polls 30. So that's 80% and then split the difference with a, a hair more to get to than fields for the remainder. Okay. Okay. I think I would give more to, I think for me, the slice ranking, if you will, it's Aberflus because, and particularly right now, like he also owns everything on the defense and he brought in, he brought in Getsy, right? So, I mean, you have a little ownership there. So, so there's that. Now, I know people are going to say like, well, Poles chose Aberflus and that's true. But from what we understand, he chose from a list of three people. And so... I don't know, man, like maybe 
you know, I don't want to give uh, George McCaskey any pie because he doesn't deserve any pie, uh, period. Nothing nice to George no, McCaskey. No pie for you. <laughs> but, you know, the blame pie, he certainly gets his own pie if you want to you want to go that way. But I, I think so. I think for me, biggest slice is ever uh, ever, ever flus. And then I would actually go Getsy because I, I, I think he's gone backwards with Justin Fields. Like, I, I don't understand how he's just wiped away all the progress that happened last year. And he looks worse than he did as a rookie. Like I, it, th- that is, there's something wrong there. Um, and then I would go polls. Cause I think, you know, I still have to give the general manager a little bit more of like the big picture thing. I know I don't love everything that's happened. I would wish there was a little bit more money spent in places that I would spend it. If I was being, you know, if I was the GM, but again, he's got a longer time frame. He's trying to rebuild the health of the organization. I don't know if he's going to do it, but like, you know, again, I want to give him a, a little bit more of a, of a leash where I feel like I can evaluate that gets, he's not good at what he does and Everflus isn't good at what he does. And then I, and then I just feels would be the lowest. And I'm not trying to make excuses for Justin Fields, but this is a very athletic and talented human being that played really good college football and showed some things his rookie year and then showed elite traits his second year once they changed things up and everybody was excited. And then he looks like worse than his rookie year. Like to me, there's more going on than just Justin forgot how to play football. Right. So so I get, he needs to own some of it, but if you're trying to make him into something, he isn't and ignore all the things he's good at. I don't know how much blame you can really heap on the quarterback in this situation. Uh, All right, EJ, we're going to take a quick break. We will let somebody else pay for, I don't know, maybe eventually one of those nice bottles of bourbon. Um, And, uh, and then we'll uh, be right back to take more questions. All right. Um, Let's, uh, I want to do another bill one. Uh, (laughs) Shout out to bill. He, um, he generated a lot. I mean, like I I didn't even put all of them in here. We're going to have to. It's impressive. No, I mean, Hey, it's job security. We got more questions to answer for next week. So, I would absolutely fire Epperflus. No, I mean, I, I want to make sure that everybody understands. Like, I've already fired him in my mind. Uh, I just don't. I don't think the guys. I don't think it's redeemable at this point. Um, not necessarily one to like pull the fire the coach trigger, but I just I don't see what he does, and I just this defense is pathetic. So, this this question from Bill kind of speaks to that. Um, he says, if you put the 63 coordinators that uh, offensive and defensive coordinators across the league, including Getze, uh, all of those names into a hat and you had to pull one out at random to be the head coach of the Chicago bears for the rest of the season, would you take the unknown or would you take Everflus? And I don't even have to think about it. I'm going to take the unknown because for me, there are, I, I mean, I would say at least half the league has a coordinator that's at least somewhat interesting, right? <laughs> so, so it, it, at least half the coordinators are somewhat interesting. I, I will yeah. say so. I and I and there's plenty of former head coaches that I mean, you could pull Dan Quinn, who was you know a candidate. Maybe a lot of people don't love Dan Quinn, but he was a head coach that had some success. He has shown that he's evolved his defensive philosophy. Right, he puts his players in a position to succeed. I would gladly take Dan Quinn over Matt Everflus, right? So, like, you kind of think about. I mean, maybe you get lucky and you get Ben Johnson and all of a sudden you got a guy that's willing to, I don't know, shape his offense around the skill sets of his players. Right. So I'm absolutely taking the chance because I don't know how much worse it can get. It can't get a lot worse. You're losing by three touchdowns per game. 
for a good long stretch. This is not overreaction Monday, right? This is not, oh, he lost a game. We should fire him. This is your team has been losing and losing badly for a good long stretch now. And for me, the nail in the coffin was this weekend. It might seem uh, sort of milk toast. It might kind of seem middle of the road, coach speak, doesn't matter to people. But in times like this, if you're going to be a leader, you have to say things that matter. And you can't just pull the Bull Durham, you know, quote training out and be like, ah, we're going to play him one day at a time. It's not going to work. And you can't say things that are objectively untrue. And Eberflus came out this week and said, I think we're close. And to me, that like just breaks the matrix. Like, sorry, no, man, like you're not close to anything. Like your team is horrible in roughly, um, let me think about it, all phases. Like, You're really, really, really bad. You are bouncing off the bottom of the league. You are looking at the first overall pick for your own pick. And Carolina's, who you thought was going to be the high pick that you had, is possibly going to be lower than yours. Like, and I made the joke in in one of our chats that the only close they were was PFF close. And somebody said, what's PFF close? And I said, pretty far from. Um, they are not close in any phase and to come out and just, you know, at that point, you're just ball faced lying to the press, right? You're just like, I don't have anything to say. So I'm going to say, yeah, it's not that bad. Right. Reminds me very much of the, you know, the gif of the dog sitting in the burning bar going, this is fine. It's not fine. Don't say it's fine. Say it's screwed up. Say it's messed up. Say your, you know, polls at least came out and said, hey, we've got adversity, which is, you know, like uh, corporate speak for this is a challenge, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Didn't go the way we wanted it's an it opportunity. to. It's an opportunity, yeah, right. growth opportunity. A challenge, we're going to turn into an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Like, at least he said that. Influence basically came out and said, no, we're, we're, you know, a couple of tweaks. Yeah, we got it. And the answer is, Anybody that watches football knows this is not a team that is a couple tweaks away from anything significant. A couple of tweaks is not going to fix what ails you here. Uh, a couple comments from the YouTube uh, watchers, and I, I like this one. Derek says, bake a whole p- extra blame pie and throw it at George McCaskey's face. I like that idea. Thanks, Derek. Uh, Appreciate that true story at this point. Deadwood 1919 called it a blameberry pie, which I kind of like. Uh, and then we got got another question uh, from from the crowd here, so we'll, we'll, we'll handle this one. So, Chio uh, says, "Would you like uh, if Chicago traded their quarterback to the Jets for draft capital? You know, fill in what that might be, what that might be yep. worth. Um, right now, Justin Fields' value has dropped, uh, and the Jets Jets need a temporary quarterback until Rodgers can maybe come back next year." off of that yep. Achilles injury. Clearly Zach Wilson's not, <laughs> not the answer. We, they knew that That's why they went out and got Rogers. Um, there was at least some, some rumbling uh, behind the scenes that the jets were calling around and, and seeing who mm-hmm. might be available. I'm sure that one of those calls was to Chicago because maybe their timeline might match up here. Uh, maybe Ryan Poles might be interested in, and taking a you know a, a nice pick off of the Jets' hands, they're all in on this construct, right? Like they yeah. they were all in on this. They they think they've got a Super Bowl defense, and so because of the Rodgers injury, 
the Jets are keeping their first round pick for, for next year and sending their second round pick to, to Green Bay instead um, because of the conditional uh, measures in the in the trade and so they have a first round pick available i don't know if that that was discussed or whatever um, <laughs> yeah. it, i mean at this point are you someone who would pull the trigger on someone like that i would it's an overestimation of justin fields uh, value around the league right now we you know we as bears fans are very invested in justin for obvious reasons and you know up until very recently we believed some of us still believe if circumstances were different circumstances are not different this is the hand you're dealt chicago is very unlikely to fire any coaches mid-season so if getsy is going to be stubborn about changing the offense if he's going to do the same thing he did last year except just hold out and not change in week six which was really the key shift that allowed Justin to highlight some of those skills. Like if he's just going to hold the hard line, this you're going to get what you're going to get. Like if you're going to do what you're going to do, you're going to get what you're going to get. So at that point, regardless of what you think about Justin, he's not going to thrive here because again, at the end of the year, this was the, really the evaluation and sort of decision year on Justin He's not going to thrive here. And that's a very hard thing to swallow because a lot of us thought that he would. Um, he hasn't. I think that's in a lot of ways organizational malpractice because he is a better player, like you said, than he's showing this season. If you could get something for him. Now, you're not getting a first. Nobody in the league is giving a first for Justin Fields, even the Jets who are over a barrel. They might give a third or a fourth. And a lot of Bears fans would howl, oh, you gave up Justin Fields for a third or a fourth. Get the draft capital. If anybody will trade for him right now, the reality is your team, your organization is not good enough to develop him right now. He is not going to have that success here. It's going to be elsewhere. And I hope he does. Like I like Justin and I think he's very talented. And I think uh, given the proper circumstances, he could have a lot more success than he's having right now, but he's not going to have it with the bears. And that's a tough pill to swallow. Yes. I would take a pick. Yes, if it was a third or fourth, I would still take it because you're not going anywhere this year. It's very clear that on offense, on defense, this team is is not like Iberflus said a few tweaks away from being better. There is very little that would fix this team right now. Um, and if you can get a pick for Justin because you're probably not going to resign him based on how things have gone or extend him, I should say. Get a pick for him. You're probably starting over next year anyways. You're probably going to have high picks. The quarterback class is very good. And you, you're going to be building from the ground up again. I know that sucks. It's a realization that I came to a week and a half, two weeks ago. It's very painful, but it's true. Like that's them's the facts, folks. So if you can get something for Justin and he can go somewhere else and have more success, that's a that's a win-win. It's a win for Justin. He gets out of a very bad situation. The Bears get a pick they can use. Um, they have many needs. They can certainly use the pick. And it's really not going to change their overall outlook for how this season goes anyways. I'm I'm just not even going to answer the question, to be quite honest with you. Because I nope. fair. Totally I, I, fair. I think I, would, I think I would need an I think I would need the higher pick because I, I think it's more worth seeing him play out the string to see if, if he can kind of turn it around. Um, yeah, but if your OC is not going to flex, you're oh, not I agree. I agree. And but at some point you hope that he flex. I mean, at some point I have, I have no 
no interest in Luke Getze, right? Like, I, like Luke Getze means nothing to the Chicago Bears organization. You can cut him, you can fire him tomorrow, and that's fine. You can fire him at the end of the year, that's fine, right? Like, you can get rid of him, and no one's going to miss Luke Getze in Chicago. But Justin Fields thing, you've invested in him to some extent, you know, rookie contract. I agree. Like, you, you've invested in him. And so I think I would rather see, you know, 14 more games where we see what he can do and maybe somebody can put him in a position to succeed. And if Getsy's not the guy, like get him out of there and see if somebody else can, you know, do this on the staff. I don't know. Um, but it would need to be an offer that I would feel like, okay, like I can get, I, I feel like this is a, a valuable enough pick for me to make this move. So I think it actually wouldn't need to be the Jets first. And I get it. You're saying that that's not on the table. That's fine. I, that, that means for me, I wouldn't do it. Um, all right, let's, uh, I had another one, um, from Omega Jolteon. This was his first one. And again, I have no idea how to say this last name, my guy, or, 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 or second name. So sorry if Jolteon is, uh, not, I think you got it. Like, okay. That's okay. how I would say it. All right. So, all right. So again, like, I, you know, apologies if we're butchering names, but, or, or words or whatever, uh, Say we get the number one pick. So the draft question is why I put it up here for you. Say we get the number one pick and take Caleb Williams. Everybody's talking about that. Um, but then the other pick is outside of the range of Marvin Harrison Jr. or uh, Olu Fushano, which is the top tackle and everybody likes right now. So let's let's say they're outside of that range. So those two guys are off the board. You know, a couple quarterbacks have gone. Let's say the top defensive end is off the board and the second pick for the Bears is up. Where do you go? Defense right now. It's early college football, early, super, super early. Fully agree. But right now, defensive end, defensive end is a strength in this draft after quarterback. I think if you're ranking positions and again, it's super early. Um, Quarterback is very strong in this draft. Offensive tackle. It's not just Fashanu. There are other Joe Alt is there as well. Bunch of other guys like tackle is very strong as well. Um, defensive end or edge i would say edge specifically in terms of pass rushers is deep there are four or five guys that are probably going to earn first first top of the second round grades like there's a bunch of pass rushers so if you're saying only one of those guys is gone the bears need pass rush badly like they're not getting to the quarterback and a lot of schemes are based on hey i have to have a guy that can win whether it's with four, whether it's with five, I have to have a guy that can win his matchup or at least pull a double so that somebody else can win their matchup. Like Yannick, like you need two. the bears have one who's guaranteed pretty much to get eight or nine sacks a year. It's what he does every year. There's nothing outside of him and it's the strength of the draft. It is a position that you typically have to pick high to get solid results. It is, Law of diminishing returns, the lower the round you go, um, the occasional Shaq Barrett is going to happen. But, you know, Alex Highsmith, maybe. But those guys go in the first round or the high second. So second pick, they've already got Caleb in the fold, probably edge unless there's a complication um, with left tackle in terms of health. And then maybe one of the other tackles and you want to, you want to have Darnell right. And the tackle you pick as your bookends and start that way. I wouldn't be mad at that either. Um, so those would be my two choices edge or tackle. If you decide that uh, you're not going to go forward uh, with your left tackle. Uh, I, I have no idea about the draft. So that's why I ask you the question. 
Apparently, Jolteon is a Pokemon, which is why there you go. I have go, no go idea. collect. Yeah, go which collect. I have no idea how to how to say it. I, I understand that Pokemon is a thing. Like I understand that like it exists in the world. Um, I think there are cards, and I think that there are uh, like an app and a and game you, and stuff like and that. And you think that there's NFL linebackers that quit to sell those cards because they're going to make millions and they I get called out as a fraud? Right. That was great. That was a great yeah. story. I <laughs> well, can't it was remember a great story, it. but it was Blake Martinez, but it Blake was Martinez. very, uh, very representative of his NFL career. Like a lot of people kept signing him and then they all realized that he couldn't play. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, the story made it sound like he gave up a lucrative NFL career, and I was like, okay, interesting. Well, he did, and he made a lot of money in cards, and then everybody was like, oh, the way you're making so much money in cards right away is you're committing fraud, and then poof, the whole thing blew up. Yeah, it catches up to the best of us. Uh, all right, <laughs> we, can, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this Zimmerman question, but what happens first? The city of Chicago hosts the Super Bowl where the bears win 10 plus games in a season. So basically Ooh. are the bears going to be able to recover and yeah. build a winner before the stadium gets built and they get awarded their one super bowl. You know, honestly, if they build the right stadium, they may get multiple super bowls. Like a lot of, sure. a lot of cold weather cities get the one and that's it. And they kind of move on, but there's plenty of, uh, it, I mean, if they do this right, Chicago can be a destination for this. This is a different conversation, but if they do this right, which pretty much means the McCaskies need to not own the team when this happens. <laughs> Funny um, how that becomes the answer for a lot of these. It does. It does. They don't have money guys. I'm really convinced of this, that they, they are rich on paper, but they don't have a lot of liquidity. And so they are not really the best people to make decisions like building a stadium. So when they, when they got very uptight about the taxes on the property that they that they bought going up uh, because that they made it more valuable. That should give you a clue that these people do not have a lot of money if they're worried about uh, real estate taxes. But anyway, uh, do you think that the Bears can turn this around to win 10 or more games before they host the Super Bowl? My answer is yes, because the the timeline yeah. in the NFL to be able to bounce back. And again, I, I think 10 is just like on the good side of average. Um, but the, the timelines to do that are usually measured in like two, three years. This stadium's not going to be built for, I mean, right. they're behind schedule already that yep. this stadium is not going to be built probably for another four or five years. So to me, I think the smart money is to say the 10 plus wins. I think, I think you're right because of the timeline. They're a little bit behind on the timeline to build. And then you don't get the Super Bowl the first year it's built. You get the Super Bowl, like the third year it's built. Like it's built and then two years later you come up in the rotation and you get your Super Bowl. So you're talking about a bunch of years here, which the NFL timeline, you know, the old NFL not for long or, you know, what have you done for me lately league? You can turn it around fairly quickly. The, the issue here is you're going to have to do things differently. And this goes back to the ownership. And I told you at the top of the, the program here that I was going to introduce a new year sort of stance or theory for my fandom are you familiar with the legal system jb the legal <laughs> I system that's, i realize that's a loaded question i mean i haven't spent a lot of time in the legal right. system you know right. i I've, I've kept my nose clean throughout that's my right. my time here on earth so and i, I do appreciate that 
I like that my podcast partner is available and not just when he has time on the phone. Right. I have Um, watched some Law and Order, right? Perfect. You You are perfect. Okay. You understand the concept of a hostile witness. Sure. I am from this point on for the Bears or to the Bears, a hostile witness. Somebody that they called who was an advocate for them and then said, you know, y'all have done this to me long enough and said that I should believe you and said that things were going to change and said that this was the time and said that I don't believe you anymore. Like, I don't believe you. I am a hardcore Missouri. I am the show me state, right? Prove it. Prove it. Show me eight and eight, which is competence or eight and nine now because <laughs> yeah, 17 right. game season. Eight right? and eight going into the final game. That's right. How you say and, and develop some players. Like, because I'll, I'll pose this to you as a separate question that we'll answer later. Like, who's the last player you feel like really developed under the Bears? Like came in with super low expectations and suddenly was like, holy crap, that guy can play because just about every other franchise has at least a handful of those guys. Some have a lot. The Bears have like the closest I can come is like Darnell Mooney. Like Darnell Mooney came in as a good player and he got quite a bit better. But how much of that was him and just nutrition and conditioning and and focus and game study? I mean, because... Anyways, we can talk about attribution later, but as of this point going forward, I'm a hostile witness for Chicago because you have to show me that what you say is real. Because if your coach comes out and says, oh, we're close, I don't believe you anymore. And I'm not just going to flip to be like, oh, it's navy and orange. I believe it. I'm going to be like, no, it's navy and orange. I don't believe it based on past experience. You're going to have to prove it to me. You're going to have to draft well. You're going to have to develop some players. You're going to have to have results because this is a results-driven league. And then maybe I'll come back to that sort of orange glasses shine that, oh, the Bears are doing it, and I believe them. Right now, mm -mm. hostile witness. I I guess I would answer your question to say it probably goes back to Vic, right? The Vic Fangio era and the defense. he, He seemed to elevate the game of a lot of players. You know, Kyle Fuller looked a lot better with Vic. Eddie Jackson mm. really found his own. I know those are talented players and some of them are higher draft picks. But again, like those guys <laughs> seem to to develop well. Even like a guy like Akeem Hicks, who bounced around the league a bit. Um, you know, he he really found a home in Chicago working with Vic. So that I guess that's probably where I would go. Because I think you need more than just, like you said, like Mooney. Well, yeah, but who else in that group, right? Is that really a reflection of the wide receiving receiver coaches and the offensive yeah. team. I don't think so. I think like, I think it's him. I think he's a guy that's just, you know, worked and to continue to put himself up, um, you know, to be there. So I, I think it has to be more like, you know, uh, I mean, you know, these guys names off the top of your head really well, but like the defensive line in San Francisco, right? Like there's Chris Kacerik, Chris Kacerik known to be really great yep. at developing defensive linemen. Right. Um, uh the the patriots old uh offensive line coach dante scarnecchia dante scarnecchi um he, he known to get the most out of his players develop guys well, this is the, the reason that it's very easy to hate the packers as a bears fan like look at all the picks they bring in on the offensive line specifically who right. get better right. and play very well 
as a unit and they've had right. injuries like Bakhtiari's not playing this week. They're right. going to be fine. I guarantee you they're going to be fine because they are extremely well coached. And yes, that is frustrating as hell. Matt LaFleur is in his bag. He is making it look easy. And Jordan Love has been mostly average. Not bad. Not great. Mostly average. But they've been winning games because Matt LaFleur can guarantee that his quarterback is going to have two and a half to three seconds because their offensive line, regardless of where they pick those guys or where they play them, Right, are going to be fine. Defensive line, same way. They pick guys, they maybe were good or high draft picks, and they continue to contribute at that level. Chicago is the opposite of that. Guys come in, and I've seen it over and over again this week. Even if we get Caleb, we're going to ruin him. I'm like, if that's the way you approach your team, it's the team's problem. Like the Actually, team might be time does, to pick a new team. Right. The team does not have right. an approach that allows even – like. Caleb is being talked about as a generational talent. I hate that right. term, but he qualifies. Like, and if you're saying that guy can come to our town and we're going to ruin him, not rise above. Right. Like, he's not even going to be as good as he is at USC. We're going to make him worse. It's the team, not you. Yeah. Right. All right. I'm going to do the last two with Bill. Um, we'll, we'll spend a little bit of time on this one and then the last one will be fun. And then we're going to get out of here. Ooh, fun. So, yeah. Fun I'm all one, about right. fun. Yeah. This one's not fun. Um, if you had a chance to reinstall Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy oh, right yeah. now for the next 31 games, so it's the rest of this year, oh, and next yeah. year, or be forced to keep this same regime and staff for the next 31 games, which are you picking? I'm picking the firing squad. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out on Matt Everflus, and you know what? I was out. I was out really early on Ryan Pace. You know that we talked oh, about yeah. that a mm-hmm. lot. I did not like how Ryan Pace ran this football team. I don't like a lot of the choices that Ryan Poles has made so far. Necessarily, it feels like he's building outside in. That feels weird to me. But I've, there's enough that I've liked, and then I like that he has what seems to be a more long-term vision. Maybe that comes to fruition or maybe it doesn't. I get that. But like, at least it wasn't the Ryan Pace regime where he was like, I come from New Orleans and that's all I know how to do. And so I'm going to operate like I got Drew Brees on my team. Like, you know, and, and I just, yeah. no, I can't do Ryan Pace again. And I can't do Matty Refluse anymore. Right. So I'm in a like really weird spot because I, I, I guess I would take Poles and Nagy. If I have to take out of this, I would just combine those two. I don't want that. I don't want Matt Nagy come back, but like that's what I would take out of the out of that bunch. But I don't want that. I want the firing squad. Get me out of here. I don't can want. I, I don't can want I? Can I go back to the hat? <laughs> we had that hat earlier. That can I just stir up all the coordinators? Yeah, this is a bad choice, Bill. Like, I don't like you, Bill. Uh, yeah, no, Bill puts you in a bad spot on purpose. And and credit to you, Bill. They are creative questions, and they do push us and make us think. And I appreciate that, but. Honestly, I've been thinking about this question a lot this week because everybody's been oh. like, who do you want? Who do you want to be the head coach of the Bears next? And we got a lot of those questions. So we can we can yeah, talk about that. A right. lot of those. But honestly, like if you give me a college grab bag, like if I get to go elevate college guys and just purely take a shot, like maybe he'll hook in because the college to pro success rate is it's mixed. Let's be honest. Right. But there are some guys in college right now that, and I, I know this is going to be another dagger to your heart, and I, I hate that. I'm sorry about that. I apologize in advance. But what the offensive coordinators at Washington 
and Wazoo are doing right now is awesome. Like, not to mention Oregon, <laughs> what they just did in their dismantling of Colorado and Bo Nix looks like a real quarterback. Um, Oregon State, you know, D- DJ's there, and it looks like he's having a resurgence. Like, I am so sad about the death of the Pac-12 right now because, like, there is so much going on. that The combination of the offensive coordinator at Washington and Michael Penix is one of the most dynamic offenses in the country. Like, I don't care whether you like college football or not. Go watch. It is it is deep. It is layered. It is awesome. And what Cam Ward and the offensive coordinator at Wazoo are doing right now, wildly understated. Nobody's talking about the Cougars. It is super-duper-duper duper fun. Oregon State is tough. Obviously, Caleb is at USC. UCLA is still playing well. I'm like, this is the greatest season of Pac-12 football in a long time, and it's just going to get blown up. But like, if I could grab either one of those guys from the Washington schools and say, you're my pass game coordinator, grab somebody else that's my run game coordinator, grab a decent offensive line coach. In fact, I would go to Brandon Thorne and say, hey, of all the Joe Moore candidates for all the Joe Moore award a lot, you know, line winners, like who's really good at taking guys that aren't five stars and turning them into like decent players, get that guy, pair him just like hodgepodge of staff, basically do what Dable did in, in New York, right? Dable didn't go to his tree. Dable went against his tree. He grabbed outside influences and assembled a really cool offensive staff. Like that would be my choice right now. I'm, you know, yeah. Ben Johnson. Sure. Like everybody wants Ben Johnson. He's amazing. And if the bears get him lucky for them, I don't think they will because they always go for the second or third candidate, but give me a hodgepodge of like really creative CFB coordinators right now. And maybe you're ahead of the league for once. Okay. Last one. Oh, this is, this is so tough. (laughs) This was the great question. So uh, bears are going to re we're going to remake movies. And Bears players are going to be cast as the lead character. So we need Mm -hmm. to pick players that would play the following roles. And so when I thought about this, I I had a lot of former Bears that I put in here too. I don't think we need to stick. (laughs) We don't need to stick to current roster. Okay. It's yeah. Oh, we can go former Bears. All right. That is a that is a that is a lid taking off. Well, it's too hard to just stick with the current roster. I think because we don't okay. know the personality of so many of these guys. And I think yeah, a lot sure. of this is going to be a personality question. So I think John that's McClain, a great, great choice. Dry hard, die, die hard. Right. So, yep. So that's, that's, that's one. Uh, you uh, Han Solo. Like, so, so, so John McClain to me is like kind of the average guy. That's like tough. You can't beat him down like that. You know, that's the action hero. That was sort of the every guy wasn't, you know, and, and he just kind of gets beat up throughout the whole movie, but like <laughs> it, it gets, you know, survives to the end. Right. Yep. Uh, Han Solo and possibly cool. Right. Uh, like that. Squash Buckler. Kind of, right. Right. So that, that's kind of, that's kind of Han Solo Ferris Bueller. So let's see uh, a, a famous movie that is not really that great. And then the actor went on to just be a terrible oh, actor. Come on. Really? Um, you don't love Ferris Bueller? It's fine. I think it's overrated. It's a and, then, movie. and then terrible, terrible actor. Uh, so like, <laughs> let's call it a one hit wonder. Okay. Um, I think that's, I think that's the, 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 we have to fill it with someone who is like a one hit wonder. I'm sorry. Okay. He's a terrible actor. I will, I will die on that. Really? Hill. I, I don't even think that's a hill. I think it's, I think it's a little, uh, ridge okay. that, I, that I just, all have right. To hang I on. disagree, but okay. Uh, 
name me another movie you liked him in because I'll go watch it again because I think he's terrible. Um, Did you see his most recent role? With yeah, uh, he sucks in it. It's terrible. Okay, if they could have recast that, it might have been a good show. It was a that was a tough show to get through. Um, I, I didn't get through the whole show, so I haven't, oh yeah, I haven't gotten through the whole show because the acting wasn't that great. Um, <laughs> the dude from The Big Lebowski. Uh, that's is, fascinating to me. I love that's that a one. great one. Uh, Tommy Boy, um, you know, obviously the the Chris Farley character, Tommy Boy Callahan. I, what's Agent J? What does that mean? I don't know. I missed that one. That was the only one I didn't get. Every everybody else, I'm down the line on. Okay, I, we'll have to get some some clarification. From yeah, chat Bill help us out. Who's Agent or J? Chat help okay. us out on what Agent J is. But we'll we'll start from the top. So or or pick pick what you got. What, who who are you filling in? with bears players current roster former players, well former is really interesting and for john mcclain it solided up for me like as soon as you said former players i'm like that's jim mcmahon okay get beat up like, all the time okay. getting beat up all the time still comes out on top has a okay. ton of quick, i like that, that a lot of personality like that that to me as soon as you said i could pick former players i was like there you go that's mcmahon tom waddle came to mind Right. Sure. That guy that was just look like every guy, your yep. guy, you know, like a normal guy. And then he just gets beat up, but he just keeps getting back up. Okay. Just a fight. quick aside, rabbit hole. What's your favorite diehard line? Come on. There's so many favorite diehard line. I yeah, have favorite no idea. No, I don't, okay. I don't know. What's, what's yours? Oh, come to the coast. It'll be fun. We'll have a great time. As he's like crawling through the air duct with a lighter. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That one's good. Yes. All right. Um, uh, Han Solo for me is Thomas Jones. He Why? is the. I want to know. Thomas Jones is the coolest guy that has played for the Bears. Okay, that, to, if we're to going me, to me. Han Solo is a is the cool guy. I I'm I'm realizing that the difference isn't Thomas Jones. It's Han Solo. <laughs> like yes, Han sometimes is the oh, say, coolest see, guy. Also, I'm not a Star Wars guy. Oh, okay. So, so you, that makes way more nerd sense. Nerd out and give us the nuance. All right, absolutely. I am a Star Wars guy. For those of you that don't know, um, it was uh, one of, if not the first, like adult movies that my dad ever took me to. Like, strangely enough, no pun intended. Solo. Like, I was a first grader when Star Wars came out. And my dad was like to my mom, like, nope, I'm taking the kid on like a Tuesday night. We're going to go see like a, you know, 7 p.m. showing. We're not going to be home till 10. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. And then it's freaking Star Wars, which was, you know, at the time it came out completely underrated. But my dad was all in. He was like, nope, this is going to be great. This is a, you know, galactic space opera. And it's really good um star wars was a b movie when it came out for those of you that don't know um yes it's gone on to be whatever but han solo is like the guy that wants to be cool but is kind of like not cool he's pretending to be cool like the whole way he wants to be cool he wants to come off that way but he's really just like fronting it's like complete imposter syndrome so for me han solo is rick grossman okay like the guy that's like, screw it. I'm going deep. Like, don't tell me the odds. I'm just whipping it up there. Um, but we'll see. Well, and, and of course we know that Thomas Jones is actually a real actor in real life. So no, you know, like Thomas probably... Jones acting 
He could probably I, play any of these. I loved him as a player. Let's be honest. I hope the Bears would draft him. He didn't end up getting drafted by the Bears. He ends up coming to the Bears in free agency and playing extremely well and then going on to be a very serious actor. Um, loved him in, um, you know, the Marvel roles he had and several other roles he's had since then. So shout out to, he goes by Thomas Q. Jones. That's his accredited screen name um fantastic guy on the field and off appreciated his football career really appreciated his acting career um nothing against him in fact i think he is a a wildly talented dude okay so ferris bueller since you love this movie uh i do but we need a so so we so i should say we got a comment in the on the youtube uh chat from fitzy and he was saying He's saying Justin Fields because he's missing in action. Didn't even show up to class. <laughs> I like the angle, but I'm not I sure like I would Justin Fields. No, I'm thinking I, maybe it's more somebody that just didn't show up, right? So there's there's maybe that. I feel like we, we need, um, for Ferris, we need um, someone whose legend is larger than his actual production. So I feel like we need a preseason hero. Oh, it's like a Daniel Braverman. Yes. Yes. That's perfect. Nailed it. We need someone who everybody got behind and said, they're going to be amazing, but actually they were kind of a shyster and not really what they said they were. Got it. Okay. Um, let's move on to the dude oh, from God. the big Lebowski. So one of my favorite movies, this was a, it, it's weird to say, this movie was important to me, right? Uh, but in some it. ways, this movie was important to me like because I watched a lot in college. I really liked it. <laughs> I thought it was cool to drink white Russians. It really isn't. I mean, it's a fine drink, but like, you know, it's not cool to drink them. Come but on, college, man. There's a beverage here. College me thought it was cool to drink a white sure. Russian, Why right? Not? So, so, so who do you got for the dude? The dude is honestly, this is one of the tougher ones for me because the bears typically have not had that sort of, how do I put this? That lifestyle guy. <laughs> it was just like, it's all good. I'm fine. Things are wonderful. Everything will work out. I, I couldn't come up with a dude from the bears. And now that you've opened it up to bears history as well, I'm like, who's that guy that just kind of went with the flow, no matter what happened around him was just like, all right, man, like easy. We'll work it out. I, I don't know that I have one. Yeah, I think, I don't actually think I have an answer either. I was hoping that maybe it would come to me as, as we got into this, but um, I, I don't think I have an answer either. We'll have to, we'll have to think. About I'll think on it and I will, I, okay. yeah, we'll bring you an answer next week, but I, I think that I it comes can't. pretty easy. Uh, a Tommy boy Callahan. So Tommy boy, you know, big guy. So it's gotta be a lineman, right? Like don't bring me. Some I agree. Guy, right. It's I gotta agree. be a lineman. And then it's gotta be a guy that's just like, like just super, jovial and funny you know to, mm. to me this is the fridge right interesting okay i'll give it to you i i'm completely aligned with must be alignment like tommy boy first thing i thought like gotta be alignment chris farley like yep gotta be alignment and to me it's just like over the top 
super invested, like aggro, ready to go, good, bad, or indifferent, like, yeah, let's do it. And to me, that's probably Cruz. Oh, wow. Okay. That's not how I get the. I, I realize that Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy goofy. Yeah. Tommy Boy in the movie Goofy. And I think Cruz was goofier on the field. Uh, obviously, many things that have happened since don't, you know, shine that light on him. But the Cruz story I remember that makes me sort of link the two is. Um, and this is, you know, completely non-PC. So if you're offended, trigger warning, like Warren Sapp lined up across from him and called him a Mexican. <laughs> and he just started laughing. He's like, I'm not Mexican, man. Look, like, from Hawaii. Like, but it just made him giggle and like ready to snap the ball. And like, you know, Warren Sapp gets down and throws an insult at him and he's like that's not even accurate man that's like the wrong insult um again jovial big guy like i get that you know post playing career olin Cruz might not make you think of tommy boy probably doesn't make you think of tommy boy but it's the closest i got the dude is still flummoxing me i i yeah, it, need to find a dude yeah yeah i'm I agree. So Agent J, according to the chat, which sorry that I didn't get this, um, is uh, Will Smith's character in Men in Black. Oh, now that I might I might throw Thomas Jones at that. Right. Now yeah. that I know that, that may have been a better yeah. answer. for Thomas I, I I would throw Thomas Jones at right. that straight up. Right. And he would I read that. I was like, it. crap, I already used my answer. No, nah. right. <laughs> but he'd like super cool, like absolutely i got it like no matter what like yeah that's thomas jones to me like 100 uh our guy fitzy has has a suggestion <laughs> he's got jared allen oh as, as as the, I, as the i don't think it's terrible fitzy i don't hate it um it's closer than anything i had so it's very difficult to throw stones at this point um i'll work on it for a week i'll see if i can top that answer but i'm I might not be able to. We'll see. We'll see. And uh, we got another suggestion for Agent J as Peanut Tillman. Obviously, Peanut Tillman uh, in the is FBI. Is now an but, actual agent. So, yes. You know, I get that connection. Like, I like that quite a bit. I, that's pretty I good. Think that's, I think that's really good, actually. Yep. So either uh, absolutely. one is fine answer. Okay. Um, all right. Well, we'll we'll end it there. I know that's ridiculous, but it was fun. I don't know, Thanks. but it was. it's kind of like the cheese draft, man. You never know where the good content's going to come from. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I, I still regret my choices in the cheese draft. So, Well, that's uh, just because you lost. Well, right. I mean, well, why else would I? If I would have <laughs> won, I wouldn't have regretted my choices. I let you true. have queso and it was over. You know, And that was it. And that was it. Now, you smoke me in all those like, uh, you know, set up this or that type um, type evaluation drafts, all that. You you always plan. You're a game theory guy and you always plan better than I do. And usually like pip all my choices so that the fact that I got the cheese draft over on you the one time I'll. I'll take it. You'll you'll uh, celebrate it forever. So sure, all right, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. Uh, appreciate you guys sticking with us uh, on the YouTube and sticking with us on the podcast. Uh, you know, the Bears might be bad, but we're putting out good content. So well, or or maybe we're not. Maybe this content isn't your thing. But uh, if you stuck it around this long, it probably is. So uh, <laughs> appreciate you, and uh, we'll see you next time.